everybody and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanReg Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Elliot Niblock and Polly Questel. Gentlemen, the uh, the news is in. Slotten is returning to Manchester United. Let's kick it <laughs> off right there with the biggest Why headline of the day. I'm not surprised that that's where you're starting. <laughs> the biggest headline of the soccer season so far. Slotten is returning to Manchester United. Slotten already looking in great form. You know, he needs to get that knee 100% before he comes back. But for being 35 years old, he. Damn, he looks in good shape. I mean, yeah, he's in incredible shape. He's been a professional athlete for all of his life. So, yeah, but that doesn't always mean that you're in good shape. Look at a guy. Oh, look at, look at yeah. a guy like Phil Kessel. If you watch hockey, um, Phil Kessel just won back-to-back cups. I'd I'd be fine. Yeah, but he doesn't look. He, he doesn't look like an athlete. Phil Kessel is a great hockey player. He doesn't look like an athlete. Well, yeah, but then again, there are... But there are a lot of people that do look like athletes that aren't good at any sport. True. I mean, I, I'll admit I'm one of them, but then there are also people like Big Poppy, who is going to be a Hall of Famer in baseball, and he's probably, based on the body mass index, been overweight for most of his life. Yeah, he looks like... Let's get real. Let's get real. This headline is player who was out was out with an injury until January is confirmed to be returning to his team in January. Yeah. I mean, if anybody else resigns a contract, it's not news. Oh, you know, he signed a one year contract with, uh, with an option for a second year and they pretty much extended that option. Yeah. But if he was, if he wasn't injured, do you think they would have extended that? I think he probably would have, if he wasn't injured, they would have extended it in June. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like the only, it just took longer because you know, it was maybe I'm going to go to MLS because, you know, then I'll be there at the start of the season. But really, that really wasn't it. And that's all it is. It's player oh. who was injured is going to return to his team when he's fully fit. Yeah. That's but, all okay. it is. And then uh, and we, we, this we talk a lot of – I mean, we talk a lot of shit about the Manchester United ownership, but this is probably a prudent piece of business on their part to wait to re-sign that because, like – just right. this wage bill you're, is you're a lot of money. Right. Like waiting until the end of the transfer window is a smart move. Right. That doesn't change the fact that all it is is player who is who got hurt in March is going and was ruled out until January is going to return to the team in January. Oh, he'll he'll be in before January. He'll he'll play before. Either way, all it is is he's when he's fully fit, he's coming back into the team. Yes. That's that's all the news is. And it, it just gives him the chance to show off his arrogant side again of, you know, uh, he tweeted that thing that's, that depicted him as a god and, you know, united the Red Devils, the devil, and he, and he said, I united them. And he said he upgraded his shirt number because he's going to be wearing number 10. Dude, <laughs> you, scored, you scored 28 goals last year. Cool. Like, that's really good. We needed that. Uh, you scored the winner in the League Cup. We finished in sixth place. Like, Wow. Great job there, Jude. You real you helped us out. I, yeah, you know, he did. Yeah, he did. He was he, he was the every year that you play, you really didn't make that much of a difference last year. He was our best player last year. Yeah. Oh, he guess he made a difference last year. I mean, it would have been like it, it would have been a horrifying shambolic season without him. Oh, I'm with I'm with Elliot I mean, here. 
And that's not just me wearing my Swedish that's, goggles or anything. That's, he he was by far their best player. Statement. That's look, it was it would be a horrible it would be a horrifyingly bad season without him if he got hurt September second and the and the transfer window was closed and we had no other strikers. But let's be honest, like we were signing a striker last year to begin with. So if we didn't sign Zlatan Ibrahimovic, we would have signed someone else and maybe that person only scores twenty three goals. I don't Maybe he scores 31. I don't think either way, like if he scores 23, I don't think we're doing better than, you know, I don't think we're doing worse than sixth place. You, you know, for all that he did, we finished sixth. Yeah. Well, okay. But uh, now, if so he let, didn't let's not look backwards. Let's not look backwards. And, and our choices was Rooney, Rashford, Martial. Yeah, maybe we're significantly worse or maybe we're not. This was this would be my concern for the team. And I said it right away is, is – when Zlatan was on the field last year, we had to play one way, and it didn't exactly work with all the players around him. And now that we have Lukaku and everybody can move around, this team is firing on all cylinders. And the worst thing that we could do right now is say, you know what, Lukaku, you're not starting this game. We're putting Zlatan in and have him and have him and have the team now have to play ball to the feet of Zlatan, slow it down, because there's nobody to run in behind the defenders. And all of a sudden, we struggle to score goals again. Now, if Zlatan's going to come off the bench and, you know, we're, we're chasing that goal, and, and we discussed this uh, the other night where, you know, if we're chasing a game, we don't know how that's going to play yet. So if Zlatan is coming off the bench and now you have Lukaku and Zlatan up there, that might really work well. But, you know, if ultimately all you did was sign, like, a super sub, like, that's – you signed a good super sub, but like that's not exactly like the make the huge deal about Zlatan Ibrahimovic being a god again. Like, and ultimately, it's it's not even a news story right now because he's not playing for a while. Like right now, the team is Lukaku and Rashford, and that's and that's that. And it's how is Lukaku going to fit in when when he gets back in January? I don't know because we're going to discuss that in January. For all we know, he's going to start right away because Lukaku might be hurt. Like it's. It's a, it's not really a story right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still is though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, Paul, you preempted what I was going to say, which is let's not look about, let's not talk about what he could have done or like what he failed to do and what he did do and it wasn't enough last season. Let's talk about what he brings to this team moving forward. And if you're a Manchester United supporter, I mean, we said on our podcast earlier in the week. You have to be thrilled with the first two results. Again, as you brought up, what happens when they're chasing a game? But even well past his prime, even the type of player well past his prime who maybe hamstrings your ability to like play the game that you want with players running in behind, nonetheless, having a quote-unquote super sub who is one of the best strikers of his generation on the bench is a fantastic thing at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lo- there's luxury. no denying that. That's what he is. Then you're making a huge deal about signing a super sub. It's like when the Jets signed Tim Tebow and they said he's going to be the backup quarterback. No, no, it's, they had a it press conference when like, he got off the plane. It is absolutely nothing like Tim Tebow. Zlatan is a multiple time. Uh, I'm not trying to compare their skill level. I'm not trying to compare their <laughs> skill level. I'm trying to compare the position. Like, if you sit here and say, we just signed this guy who's going to play 25 to 30 minutes a game, that is the equivalent of when the Jets signed someone who they announced is going to be their backup quarterback, 
and yet they had a press conference for him when he stepped off the plane. Mm -hmm. Like, what other backup quarterback gets that treatment? What other 25 to 30-minute player gets that treatment? Yeah, I mean, it's if anything, it's slightly analogous to Joe Montana at the Chiefs at the end of his career, but it has a lot more to do with the hype around Tim Tebow and also, like, the strange convergence between the Christian right and the NFL and, like, wanting this guy who prays before every game, which many players do, that's fine. But, uh, like, Tim Tebow is not a fair example to compare to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Well, which, one is, one... which one is actually God? Is it Tim Tebow or is it Zlatan? Oh, Zlatan. I don't know. Let's oh, it's, Zlatan. it's Zlatan, of course. <laughs> Come on. What is Tebow doing now? Playing single-A baseball? He's playing Madden 18. He's hitting the crap out of the ball. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, yeah. He's but, baseball, but hitting the crap out of the ball. Can we get to the real news stories? Yeah, yeah, we should. Yes. So, <laughs> the, the, the best player in England retired this week. In England's history, retired this week. How is that not ooh, the That's way? a loaded statement. Um, Name me a better player for England. I, I mean. Name, the best, name me the best player to ever wear the England shirt. I, I, there is I mean, one obviously, Rooney has one a claim. Answer, but... And there's a one acceptable answer. There's one acceptable other answer. Okay, well, t- you tell me the tell me the other acceptable answer. I'd, I'd, I would entertain Sir Bobby Charlton. Yeah, but that's yeah. hard for us to decide. Yes, I would say in, I, in in our lifetime, Wayne Rooney, of, of course. Oh, yeah. I, the, guy, the guy made his debut at 17, lit the Euros on fire at 18, and the most capped outfield player England's ever seen. He could play multiple positions, and he just has been forced to because England is England. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he's also been forced to because he's such a team-first player that it's like it, playing multiple positions has hurt him in his career in that it's like, oh, like we have Harry Kane, who's really good, so we're going to move you because you're also really good, but like you're capable of playing somewhere else and you're willing to do it. Like, Or... You know, at United, it was like, well, we're going to move you out left because yeah. Ronaldo could go down the middle, or we're going to move you back because we have Van Persie. You know, but it, wherever he goes, he's capable of doing it. So he's a victim of his own versatility there. Um, he also has the most goals in England's history. Yeah. I mean, and, the thing that would speak for Bobby Charlton is that he actually won the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. And he had the most goals until Rooney yeah. broke it. So yeah. Bobby, but, I mean, Bobby Rooney, Charlton Rooney is Rooney. Can, he can be as close second they're both united players we're happy with that so uh we'll move on from that uh philip coutinho real quick before we get into the champions league draw here uh barcelona by all accounts prepping for another bid here there's even rumors that coutinho is gonna you know go public with his complaints and we already know he's handed in transfer requests and all that stuff 138 million pounds is the figure that's been speculating with 101 of them being the initial payment if we weren't living in a world where the premier league were raking in the money from the tv deal i think in a world. i think continue yeah in a world i think continue would have been long gone but oh, yeah. Liverpool, they don't need this money. No, I mean, and well, okay, the investment in the squad they need, but the the ownership don't. And I don't know. I, I still think 138 million pounds for Coutinho. They they've got to take it. They've got to take it. I mean that Pogba deal. Pogba is earlier, looking cheap right week, now. 
earlier this yeah. week, he was sitting there going, like, guys, I really do have a back injury. I'm happy at Liverpool. I, I'm pretty sure this story went away, like, yesterday or two days ago. And the only reason it's back is because um, Barcelona have moved through with the Osman Dembele deal, which means either they don't need Coutinho anymore or, all right, we got Dembele. Now we can focus all of our attention on Coutinho. Yeah. I, and, that, I, and that Osman Dembele deal was going through 25 minutes after Dortmund kicked off last week and Christian Pulisic was the best player on the field playing in Dembele's position. And Dortmund at that point were just like, we do not need him. Yeah, anymore. they're like, Dem, Dembele who? Yeah, that, the only reason that it took so long is because Barcelona probably watched that and said, well, you don't need him, so this is how much we're going to offer you. And Dortmund were like, no, 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 we're still holding out for this much money because we know you have it because you just sold Neymar for 220,000 million pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bar- so, you know, it, that was the old, like, that was the old, we know you have money, um, so we want all this. And the other side is like, well, no, you're willing to let him go, so why should we pay you all that? It's the exact same thing that's happening with Chelsea and Diego Costa. Yeah. 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 Yep. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, going on to the Champions League here, we got the draw here today. And then tomorrow, Friday, we'll get the Europa League draw. So, Elliot, you have something to look forward to. Um, oh, Elliot, the big winner it. of the Champions League it. draw. Biggest winners of the Champions League draw. Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, and Arsenal fans. Yeah. Yeah, if we take a quick look here, Manchester United, they were drawn in Group A with uh, Benfica, Basel, and uh, CSKA Moscow. So on paper, not not the uh, the toughest of groups. Uh, group B. It's better than that, though. It's even better than what it is on paper. Like, you could, you sit first. I mean, throw out the fact that the last time we drew, we were in a group with Basel. We didn't make it out of the group stage because Fergie mailed in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Not what you want to hear. Um, Benfica are really good at home. So Yeah, but they've I, lost a lot of players during the summer, too. Right, but I'm also air quotes excited to see Marouane like Josie's going to throw Marouane Fellaini there and just tell him to beat everybody up in the middle of the park in that game, and we're going to come out like one nil or nil nil or something. It's going to be a, that's going to be an awful game. Yeah. Um, but all right, so the trade off is you get these two, you get like two of the best teams you could get in terms of like name quality out of pots one and three. So the trade-off is, oh, but you drew CSK in Moscow. you got to take a trip to Moscow. We're going to Moscow at the, the last week of September, where I'm sure it's still fine. cold there, but, like, it's not frozen yet. No. And it's right before a home match against Crystal Palace. Like, you couldn't have picked a better situation there. No. Yeah. Yeah, if we take a look at Group B, we got Celtic, the Scottish champs. Uh, they were drawn against Bayern Munich, Paris Saint-Germain, and Anderlecht. So that that's a tough group for them. Um, yeah, it's you know. a tougher group for Anderlecht. Let's yeah, be no, but I I think Anderlecht they have a they're going to be battling with Celtic for that third spot. And yeah. I mean, I, I I watched them in that draw against Manchester United last year. Man, they're they're scrappy team. Good yeah. stadium, good support. Yeah. Uh, group C: Chelsea. They drew Atletico Madrid, Roma, and Karabag. So they have to go. I forgot how many miles it was, 2,500 miles? That's They're going to a war-torn, like, Karabakh doesn't even play in their home city because <gasps> it's destroyed by war. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting. 
really tough draw for them though with both Atletico and Roma in that group. Uh, group D: Juventus, Barcelona, Olympiacos, and Sporting. So Barcelona and Juventus clear favorites in that one. Group E: Liverpool's group. They were drawn against Spartak Moscow, Sevilla, and Maribor. So not that's a fairly easy group too, on paper at least. Right. Well, they were with Liverpool. Was they had the fifty-fifty shot of that group were getting screwed, and they they got the winning ticket. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, group Group F: Manchester City's group. They got Shakhtar Donetsk, Napoli, and Feyenoord. The two Manchester teams did a really good job of screwing over Liverpool and. Uh, and and Tottenham wait my favorite part about this was when Chelsea got when Chelsea's ball was picked and they got called and the the guy who was like hosting the draw he he was like oh Chelsea they were on a sabbatical from the Champions League last year and I was like dude you cannot call that a sabbatical yeah Yeah. they did not say hey we're taking a year off see you next year yeah no, that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, Chakta Donetsk, Napoli. I mean, Napoli could probably give City a game at least. Uh, Feyenoord. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. Group G: Monaco, Porto, Besiktas, and uh, Leipzig. Sort of a pretty wide open group there, I would say. Monaco. Well, yeah, Monaco lost all their players. Yeah. Leipzig. I'm not buying into it all. Okay. Uh, it's their first season in Europe. The inexperience. I also think they're going to regress. But even if they don't, first season in Europe, regression. Yeah, anything. I mean, really I mean, we saw Leicester pull through. So yeah, no, that's I, I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. I, but you know, like Leicester, you know, kind of held on to all their players, and, and Leipzig. It's just teams in the Bundesliga that aren't Dortmund or Bayern, like just don't stay good consistently. Yeah, I mean, they have been very adamant of keeping their players, though. So we'll, yes. we'll, we'll see if they can stay good. That's tough. Then Group H. Yeah, <laughs> Tottenham's group. Uh, sorry that I chuckled there, but Real Madrid, Borussia it's, Dortmund, it's and Apoel. Yeah, it's Apoel. Um, yeah, Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, Tottenham, and Apoel. Man, that's a tough draw for them. Oof. Especially with, well, I mean, it's even tougher when you factor in that like they got the Europa League draw of groups last year and they couldn't get out of it because mm-hmm. uh, they had that Wembley issue which they'll still have to deal with and maybe they'll be used to it at this point but you need to take points against Bayer, uh, against Dortmund and against Real Madrid and either hope that like Real Madrid and Dortmund play out two really entertaining draws like they did last year mm-hmm. or that one of those teams just beats the other one twice Yeah. and then when it comes down to it you play Apoel on the final match day at home where if they have a chance to uh because right now everybody's all the spurs fans are already saying like maybe we'll take points against against uh real madrid and borussia dortmund but like what's going to be a killer is when we drop points to Applewell at home yeah so they all see that coming what's going to kill them is if they have a chance to advance going into that game i feel like the negative energy from every fan thinking that they're going to find a way to screw this up (laughs) will just be insurmountable yeah yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And and that, and then talk about schedules. Have you seen their schedule for the last two weeks or the that like October November two week stretch? Mm-mm. Liverpool at Real Madrid at Manchester United home to Real Madrid. Mm. Harry Kane is going to be very tired. And also, Delhi always like suspended for like the, at least the first game. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how they can handle this. Uh, you know. 
They only have about a week to find out because I'm still not convinced that Vincent Janssen is going to be a a proper backup for Harry Kane. They need some more help there. So uh, we'll see if they get any business done before the end of the transfer window. They signed that guy from Ajax who has like the most striker's name ever who just happens to play defense. Mm Mm-hmm. But yep. okay, before before we move on from European play, did you guys see Gilfie Sigurdsson's goal for Everton? Oh yeah, it was yes. Tremendous. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, halfway line, and you know, needed it to progress as well. Yeah. So no, that was good. That was good. Yeah, Everton, they're in the Europa League uh, group stage, and we'll talk about that on Monday, as we'll have the draw tomorrow. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time to uh, preview the Premier League. So stick around. Okay, we're back, and it's time to take a look at the games that are upon us here this weekend. Kicking off things on Saturday morning, Bournemouth against Manchester City at the Vitality Stadium. 7.30 kickoff. Paul, are you going to set your alarm watch for this one? Uh, no, this is one of those, uh, if I wake up, I'll watch. And if not, if not, I won't. Do you wake up at 7.30 on the reg on a Saturday? I mean, these days I don't really sleep late. So, like, I usually wake up at 8.15 on a normal day. So I kind of just wake up at 8.30 now, like, on Saturdays. I have been waking up early all week. So maybe I'll, if I have the opportunity to sleep, I'm going to sleep. Mm-hmm. But yeah. If you wake up as normal, you'll catch the second half. There you go. Yeah, there you go. That's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I know that I'll be up since I'm up at 6 every day, basically. I ain't waking up at 6.30, man. Okay. <laughs> so Congratulations, we'll... you're the only father among us, but I'm not... Uh, oh, that's not, not getting... that's not because of her, though. That's because of the freaking dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're like, they get up at 6 and they're like, hey, it's, it is breakfast time, man. Time to get the tea time. Yeah, time. No, no, no. They they get up at six. They are super adamant about eating breakfast. Then they go back to bed while I'm stuck being awake. That's hilarious. Freaking dogs, man. Uh, then if we take a look at the 10 a.m. kickoffs, all these times are Eastern time. Crystal Palace, Swansea, Huddersfield, Southampton, Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Brighton. Not much to write home about there. Then the late game is Manchester United against Leicester, 12:30. And Pauly, I mean, seeing the United 2017-18 campaign kick off with two 4 nothing wins, should we keep riding this hype train? How confident are you heading into the game on Saturday? Very, very. I mean, Leicester's been good. So, uh, Leicester has been good, but we have been real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is finally like a good test for us. That we should that we should win. This is the most awkward time of the year, though, because it's the most awkward time <laughs> of the year. Because, like, yeah, no, this is the, and and you could see like Jose Mourinho's had to has struggled in his post match press conferences. You know, like Ander Herrera hasn't played yet. Like, you know, it's all these guys, and it's it's weird because you go through the preseason in July where everybody's getting all these minutes, and then the season starts. You pick your first team. Then you don't play again for a week. So everybody's fresh again. You can just pick your first team again. Mm-hmm. And then you don't play for a week. Uh, so everybody's still fresh and you could you could pick your first team again. And then there's a and then there's a break. And yeah. then you get into the the grid of September and the and the Champions League and the Cups and but even then it's it's like game, 
midweek game, game, uh, league cup where you're throwing out your kids. So like everybody's kind of staying fresh. So he's in this, you're as a manager and it's not just Mourinho, it's, it's all managers. You're in this weird place where you got to get everybody a chance to play, which is, you know, why he's been throwing Martial on for 25 minutes, Mm -hmm. um, in each game, whether we need him or not. Um, why he's been throwing Fellaini on because he's just he's trying to get these guys minutes, but you're also trying to get your first team to like gel as a squad. So, and so having said that, like I can expect the same team to be on the field, and that's totally cool with me because as much as I love Ander Herrera, you know, right, like stick with what's working right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see any necess- no There's no necessity to mix things up now. Well, there's one, and. You both know you're not going to find, other than like I guess his mother and his father, you will not find a bigger a bigger Marcus Rashford fan than me. There is no reason that Anthony Martial should not be starting this game. Hmm. So you would pick Rashford on the bench and Martial in the starting lineup, then? Yeah, Martial's been flying high. Hmm. Like, go out there and and you know let's find out is Martial in really good form or is Martial taking advantage of the fact that you know he comes on. And he's playing tired legs. Hmm. But, you know, right now, and, and look, Rashford's been playing brilliantly, but the finishing product hasn't been there. And Martial has been also playing brilliantly, and the finishing product has been there, and he's got some assists. And I know Lukaku and Rashford love playing with each other. I know they have a good, a good bond. But, hey, like, you know, keep fighting in the squad. You know, keep fighting in the squad. You know, you don't want to break Martial right now and be like, oh, like, you're playing really well, but I'm still keeping you on the bench. Uh, uh, let's wait till mid-September when we play a Champions League game. Mm-hmm. You know, you're playing really well. You're going to start. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen it before, though. I mean, it's it's maybe tough to compare Martial to the best super sub ever in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but you know that was a player that didn't start many games. It still had a huge impact for many seasons for this club. So yeah, but I like. You know, it's all, that's such a different scenario, especially because I think both Martial and Rashford are, are better as strikers, but Martial is more of a left winger mm-hmm. than Rashford is. And, you know, Alexander Solskjaer played, you know, like as the fourth striker when we had four strikers and two of them at a time played. And he was more of like a, a veteran presence that understood the role. You know, like the example I'm going to use is, in baseball, you know, you don't call up your young, promising outfielder unless you're going to play him every day because he needs to bat. So you don't say we're going to call you up and, and we're going to play you once every six games, but you're going to pinch hit. The pinch hitter spot goes to someone who's, you know, been in the league for a while and, and you know, understands how to come in late in a game when he's only going to get one at bat and make an impact. Yeah, well, we'll see how they do. But, yeah, I can agree with giving Martial a chance uh, from the get-go. That's fine. I wouldn't change anything else, though. Then Sunday, we have four games kicking things off. We have two 8.30 kickoffs and then two 11 a.m. kickoffs. Uh, First out, Chelsea against Everton at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Elliot, after seeing Chelsea bounce back last weekend, how do you think they'll fare against an Everton side that's flying high now that they're in the Europa League. Yeah, I mean, I I still, if, despite lauding Sigurdsson's goal earlier, I mean, I'm still high on Rooney's return to Everton. I think that, you know, we talked earlier about 
um, in you know previous episodes how he really did the right thing by going back there. I I still see Chelsea winning this match. Um, I mean, especially at home, and it, it, but it, it'll be a test though. I mean, I think that this is this is going to be a real. A, a litmus test for the moment, not necessarily for the entire season, to see if Conte's side can get back that defensive solidity against an opponent of you know a greater threat than they've faced heretofore, even though they collapsed in the first week. I, I still expect Chelsea to take all three points from this game. How do you think to- Conte will line up the team this time around? Because he went with that sort of unorthodox uh, formation last game. I I mean I would I I really don't know I I don't think that he blew the doors off anyone last week I mean I still think that he's probably going to revert to I mean the system that won him the league last year but I'm not Antonio Conte and I mean I guess there's something to be said for fluidity but I don't I don't see I don't see Everton winning this game at Stamford Bridge because I know Paulie wants to see Luis as a midfielder again. I want to see a lot, man. <laughs> what else do you want to see from this game? Uh, a Rooney goal. Is a midfielder, and yeah. I want to see Rooney break Chelsea's hearts the, the week after he broke Manchester City's hearts. Mm. That's not going to happen because, uh, <laughs> you know, as as well as Everton play Manchester City, they're like that bad against Chelsea. Those games, you know, we're all going to remember that Samueletto game where it was like 5-3, but usually when Everton play Chelsea, they score five goals, but Everton don't score as many yeah yeah then we got west brom against stoke at the hawthorns then liverpool against arsenal at anfield elliot i'm coming back to you you know after a disappointing result last week how are things in at the arsenal i mean they're still full of tumult um i oh sorry i cut you off here but paul you were talking about this afterwards after the game and Arsenal TV after a loss is some of the best viewing entertainment ever. Yeah, I mean for Schadenfreude. Yeah, just I mean, if it was a different team, it would still be <laughs> as fun because they are just well, yeah, so again, freaking. From a neutral perspective, we'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, they are hilarious. I mean, but yeah, but like that hilarity speaks to the rift around the club, which I talked about in the last episode. And that's what's so frustrating from an Arsenal point of view is that, you know, if if the board, the manager himself thought that like this Wenger out, you know, people willing to fly planes over the stadium to get their message across. Mm-hmm. Like, if he thought that that was suddenly going to disappear because you signed a player from France and another one from Germany on a free, like, no, no, absolutely not. I mean, it, I have to stay optimistic. I mean, the best of this team is yet to come and the best of this team, meaning Koscielny at the back and Alexis going forward, right? Like with those things, Arsenal are a totally different team, but whereas in previous seasons, the lack of, you know, the fragility of the squad, should injuries come as they inevitably do, has shown later on in the season. This week it showed on match day two. Mm-hmm. 
Paulie, quick from a Liverpool perspective, 4-2 win over Hoffenheim here in the uh, second leg of the Champions League qualifiers that went through 6-3 on aggregate. How do you think feelings are in the Liverpool camp heading into this one? Uh, that was good Liverpool. Uh, when Liverpool are really, when Liverpool are good, they're real good, and they blew the doors off of Hoffenheim. Also, Europe inexperience, which is why I'm not so high on Leipzig. Um, yeah, this is the Liverpool that fans want to show up all the time. But this is the Liverpool that also Hoffenheim came in there. Uh, like the, the announcer said it right away, like because Liverpool missed a chance early, and like with, like in the first minute. They missed the chance. And, you know, the the commentator said, like, these are two teams. They only know how to attack. Mm-hmm. So when you when you play a team, like when Liverpool play a team that want to attack them and they're not as good as Liverpool and because Hoffenheim aren't, Liverpool are going to kill you because they're that good at attacking and playing and picking you apart. When Liverpool play a team like Crystal Palace, who acknowledge the fact that they are not as good as Liverpool and they sit back and they're just, we're going to try to defend, Liverpool are going to struggle, and that's how bad Liverpool shows up. And that's so confidence is high right now, but all it takes is another team to just pack it in against Liverpool and try to pick them out the other way. You know, you go the set piece route and all that stuff because, you know, Liverpool are frail at the back. Mm-hmm. And then the last game on Sunday, that's Spurs against Burnley at Wembley, and that's the, the only game on Sunday that's on NBC Sports Gold. So. No, the other one's on NBC Sports Gold too. Uh, the other 8.30 game is as well. No, it's on CNBC. No, Chelsea's on CNBC because I think they have like the Formula One. Why does it say? Sports. Okay, then PremierLeague.com need to freaking update their shit. Because <laughs> it says NBCSN on Chelsea. It says CNBC oh, on really? West then, Brom. Then maybe they changed it. And, I, just, I know that the Tottenham one was weird because like, I immediately saw, I was like, why are they playing that game at 11? on Sunday like it obviously wasn't moved for TV purposes and it and it wasn't it turns out that there's a rugby final at Wembley on Saturday so they need to put on Sunday which means they lose out on the TV and no one will get to see this game because we're not at the point where we're spending money on NBC gold yet nope so that'll be fun okay we'll take another quick break and we come back it's time for scoring predictions so uh, BRB Okay, we're back. It's time to do our scoring predictions after an awesome first week by me. Last week sucked, and now I'm down to third place with nine points. Elliot is in second with ten points, and Paulie, who had a good week last week, is in the lead with 13 points. You want to know the funniest thing? I picked six games correct. Yes. Six out of ten. I also placed a four-way parlay last week. Um... And I got one out of the four correct. Wow. So I managed to, of the four games that I did not get correct, I managed to pick three of them to put in the parlay. Mm. Yeah, that's that's pretty good work there. Yeah, you had the six games correct and then one result. So And uh, one of them, one of the things in the parlay is I just bet Lester and Brighton will both score. So that was a 50-50 shot of winning. Mm. <laughs> I got it wrong. Yep. Okay, well... Uh, kicking things off, Bournemouth, Manchester City. Um, I'm gonna go three nothing City here. I think they're that strong. A nice new layout for keeping track of this. Yeah, color, color coded, and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure they're gonna be that good, but they'll be good. I'm gonna go two nil. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was going. I don't even I don't even know if they're going to be too no good, but it's like it's yeah, hard to pick some anything point, less than that. At some point, that, that talent has to come out. <laughs> yeah, the Crystal Palace Swansea next at Selhurst Park. 1-1. Neither team has really convinced me. And it's one of those NBC Sports gold games. That's, I, I honestly, I think you're one goal too many in this one. Uh, and even then, I'm just going to go nil-nil. I'm, oh, I'm wow. Whoever paid money for NBC Sports Gold, you're gonna get goals now because just this, <laughs> I'm picking. I'm not even picking for the defenders here. I'm picking against both these teams to score. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna do one nil to Crystal Palace. I'm just gonna give them the edge at home. Then we got Newcastle against West Ham. Man, Newcastle. Oh, two to one West Ham. I mean, they're both pretty shit. Yeah, but at least. West Ham have Chicarito. Yeah. He did have a good game. Mm-hmm. And Newcastle, they've been fairly what awful so far. What are you doing? Well, Paulie, just say yours then. If you're if you're itching to go, just say it. I'm not I'm not itching to go because uh, like the ultimate rule is if you're if you're not a consistent team, and the teams I define as consistent are pretty much Chelsea, uh Manchester City, not yet, but so far United, um, you know, based on last year, it was Chelsea. Not many teams were consistent. So with all the teams in the middle, the worst thing you can do is pick based on last week because the weeks never match up. But I'm going with you. I'm going 2-1 because simply because West Ham showed signs of life in the second half last week that I didn't even think they would have. I I think they're... I think they're going to win pretty handily. I think they're even keep a clean sheet. How about that? 2-0 West Ham. Ooh. Okay, then next up is Watford against Brighton at Vicarage Road. <sighs> Home win. 2 nothing. Elliot? I just, I don't know. What, Seb, what did you pick? 2-0 well, Watford. Yes. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen either yet because I haven't watched the games yet. But Wait, you, Seb, you said... 2 nothing Watford. I, God, I want to pick the goals, though. Then I really go can. for I'm it. I'm still going to do 1-1. One, one. Yeah. I'm going to give him a point. Jeez, uh, Watford have been really good. So I'm going 3-1 hmm? to Watford. Then we got new darlings. Huddersfield taking out Southampton at John Smith Stadium in Huddersfield. It's going to be another high-flying victory for Huddersfield. The Terriers, it's a one nothing. Nah. Uh Hole won their first two games last year also and then and then faded. Played really well and probably deserved a draw. I give Huddersfield the draw. 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Paulie on this one. Okay, and then we reached the last game Saturday. Manchester United-Leicester. I mean, let's keep this train rolling. I'm not going to go 4 nothing again, though. I feel like that's that would be almost overkill. I'm going to settle with 3-1. Got to keep scoring to keep Zlatan out of the team. 
<laughs> yeah, Lukaku needs like what twenty five goals by Christmas. I wouldn't rule it out. He's got four in three games, one of which is against Real Madrid. I mean, wait, like how good? United look amazing right now, and Real Madrid made them look like boys when they played in the Super Cup. Yeah, because they didn't try to play that same style of game, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. They played Fellaini and Lingard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that, that's the thing. I think Leicester are a better team than the last two teams we played, so I, I'm going to go 3 0. I just think that if I'm okay with them going down swinging, as long yeah. as you keep playing like this, I'm fine if you. You know, they if won't you lose. Though. Like when we go to when we go to Anfield, like you're gonna see Ugh. Fellaini, Herrera, yeah. uh, Matic, Ashley Young, Jesse Lingard. <laughs> Ashley Young, he's yeah, he just made his comeback in the reserves here. Him and yeah. Luke Shaw Still both exists. played. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Elliot, I don't know. I got I gotta go with Paulie on this one. Okay, just taking yep, three nothing there too. Then okay, then Chelsea Everton. Man, two nothing Chelsea. I need that clean sheet for my fantasy team. I'm playing Courtois again, so. Yeah, I mean, I am too, but I still, I still think ever. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna give Chelsea the three points, but I think they're gonna win three one. Damn, man, you just stole mine. <laughs> well, I piggybacked yeah, I go, you on I, the last one. <laughs> I go three one. You piggybacked on me on the last two. <laughs> Uh, okay. Too I go 3-1 just because like Morata has to start putting some of those chances away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, West Brom against Stoke. one nothing West Brom. That's all I have to say. All I have to say is 1-1. <laughs> Elliot, you're putting too much thought into this already. Yeah. Yeah. 1-1. Yeah. <laughs> Liber- well, Elliot's not going to catch me. This no, week. he's not. He is <laughs> nope. not. Liverpool Arsenal one one or no wait wait no both way. these can no they way. can You're score crazy. two two sorry two two all right that that that's less crazy um I don't know Mane is gonna score that's for certain I'm gonna say three two to the Arsenal because I've got to ah, keep... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, yeah, you're going I'm not gonna catch you this weekend. Yeah, I? you're going Liverpool. You're going probably. Arsenal. Okay, I'm going Liverpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Finally, we get yeah. some diversity here in one game. Uh, then last game, Tottenham against Burnley. I mean, Spurs got to win at Wembley sometime, right? Yeah, but Burnley are unstoppable away from home this year. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, now I'm still gonna go uh, two two nothing Spurs. God, our predictions are so boring this week. Because mm. uh, I, I mean, oh, whoops, I'm going two nothing Tottenham. Also, because like as as bad as Tottenham are on the big field, like Burnley plays on a tiny field. Also, they're not built for big fields either. Mm. So I go two 0 to Tottenham. Uh, God damn it, Polly! It's just going to be a wash, isn't it? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Spurs three goals, three nil. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. I mean, we'll see how things shake out here over the weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Nord and Polly's P Questel. 
Nothing else. Nothing more. And You're skimping uh, out on final thoughts again? Yes. And Elliot is Keats was better. I promise we'll have final thoughts on Monday. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.